Welcome to the T's and C's. Tisa and Chantel. Also known as the Terms and Conditions. Welcome to a belated, a one day belated episode of the General Election Reflection, um, episode three. Um, I am sat next to Tiso, who is currently shaking his Coca-Cola bottle to do what, Tee? Defizit. To defizit. What? What? For what? <laughs> Coke takes a nicer flat. Right, guys. Like, tweet us anything. Like, I this to me, this seems like a crime, and I don't know how I'm supposed to talk about politics or see so shaking. <laughs> I swear, it takes a nicer flat. Don't you think? I've never seen you. Have I seen you do that? Yeah, but listen. Sometimes I have to. When I'm really thirsty and I'm on the two Coke thing, I, just, I don't wait. But I have to drink it down to this bit. Is that the top, yeah. of the top of the label? So yeah, for you have to get it at the right level. Okay, guys, tweet us, at us, in, yeah. like, send us a message on Instagram, whatever. I want to know, are there people out there that are making their Coca-Cola flat to drink it? Not because you've got a sore tummy, just because it tastes nicer. Anyway, let's get into what's been happening this week. T, you're feeling very passionate. I'm going to try and bring in some of the objective truths, if you could call them that, of what's been happening this week. Right. So we've had, just sorry quickly, T, we've had... Nigel Farage is standing down 300 of his Brexit candidates. Now, on he's, the... he's not since standing more as well, on top of but yeah, that. But yeah, yeah, that's what's happened now. But he agreed to last week, did a deal with the Tories. We don't know what that deal was. Like, how is that even like lawful? Anyway, so he's standing those people down. On the grapevine, apparently, he didn't tell 300 that aren't standing. There's about three grand outstanding here. You want to pay them back. And yeah, so, they, so they've all put their own money in and stuff. And mm. they're all, like, livid. And it's like, it's so mad. Because I was listening, I think one of them called in on LBC. Yeah, I know, guys, listen to LBC. One of them called in on LBC and was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'll be standing as an independent Brexit candidate. Like, this is, he's the, he's betrayed the cause. And it's like, is this a punishment for joining a racist party? Or is this just... Like, like, is this irony? I wouldn't call it irony because those people believe in their cause. Like I said, I wouldn't say it's a, a racist party. I'd say, like, these people, it's their point of view, right? Some people fight for what they think is independence, whatever that will mean, mm. right? And they believe that this party is the vehicle for delivering independence from what I don't know, but that's how they perceive it. If the Tories win and Nigel Farage, they've made a deal, he's, my perspective, pulled a coup that's amazing. Like, basically, he's got himself a job without being elected into Parliament. It's amazing, right? Is he clever or is but he a psychopath or is he a sociopath? I'd say... I wouldn't say he's a sociopath. I wouldn't say he's a psychopath. I'd say he's dedicated and he's consistent. To what? To whatever cause he believes White in. White nationalism. Well, no, you know what? <laughs> Sorry. No, I, he, I think, no, he's, he's dedicated to the cause of being a free marketeer, man. He wants to make money as much as he can. Okay, yeah, that is much more... That's a much more... And, and he's been consistent about that, right? So he's, he's joined... Now look, at, look, at, look at the kind of logic to it. He joined the European Union, which he says he hates for 25 years, but for 25 years paid him a wage consistently. And off the back of that, he's made more money off of a position of destroying something that he's paid him money for a quarter of a century and paid him well. How can people say, I'm sorry, listeners, I know you're probably not in our, um, not in this demographic, but people say that they respect him. How? How? Right, so not him as a person, but it's like I can say to someone... I respect someone like Posh Bias. I don't really like her or Jordan, but I respect their ambition and their, their how driven they are to achieve that goal. So willing that they're willing to walk over people, burn their morals, and I'm like to get where they got to, and they they've got there, right? It's mad. It's a mad thing. So I, I can say I can see this. So when I say uh, they, I can respect certain parts of them. You know what I'm mm. saying, right? But doesn't mean I like what they do. No. But I can respect like 
that ambition and that dedication to that cause, man. So like Joe Strunson, he's dedicated to his cause, right? This week, I haven't felt as optimistic about this general election. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just my general mood. It feels like we might lose, and that is literally terrifying. And when I say lose, I mean the, the Conservatives getting a working majority. Right. I don't necessarily... Like, I'm... Again, I'm not... I don't think Labour can win a majority, but right. I don't think they should be in power on their own either. But anyway. I think what this points out, and this... Has, I think no, no one's really spoke about this, really, is the shift away from consensual politics. The shift away... Since 1945, this country's been characterised by consensual politics, right? So people say you can hard to tell each other from... Can't tell the parties from each other. But now, both parties have shifted fundamentally. One's to the right, one's to the left, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a clear choice to be made now, right? Mm-hmm. And under our fucking dumb electoral system, mm-hmm. it favours the last two, two parties. So someone's people are being forced to choose... One of the two, one big ones, because your choices at the smaller level won't do nothing really. If you had a proportional system, we'd have a better turnout and a better better representation of what what people think. Do you think? Definitely. Mm. But but the kind of first past the post, people are just driven to the two large parties. Where's it coming from, first past the post? I have no idea. I can't remember. I, that's a level politics, man. I can't can someone on. find out? Can someone message us? And yeah. Tell us about but, that. I think a couple of things that happened this week obviously there's been the flooding across mm-hmm. um, the UK and you've seen Boris Johnson like bumbling about like going to speak to people asking people what they need but, but, even though it's too late no but a man told get... him to go away so a man said, yeah. he said Boris Johnson can I help you a man said no <laughs> it's walked off but you know what's quite interesting though like yeah. big thing that's happened this week and it's Friday today and I just heard it on the radio that they've they've done some digging into some of the MPs and mayoral candidates of the Tories for Islamophobia and racism, and obviously there's that on the, the anti-Semitism on the Labour Party as well that they've done some digging on. When I say they, I just mean people that do like go through people's like old tweets. Mm-hmm. Everyone's sort of catchable, mm-hmm. and it's like we're in this sort of a bit of a disarray. And I'm not saying that the in quotations catchableness is bad, but like for example, there was a guy that was heckling. Jeremy Corbyn in Scotland about um, him being a terrorist sympathiser, mm-hmm. and then some someone's gone on his Twitter feed and he's a, a, a priest or something or a pastor, and he homophobic, severely racist, like just tweets from like the last couple of years, and this is just con- like I know this is something that's gone on for a long time, but it does feel like sort of daily it is the digging up of people's like lives. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying it's a new. It's a new era, like, of well, I politics think, yeah. that is so intertwined with people's histories on... Recent histories on social media. Yeah, but I think what people shouldn't try to do is hold people to a position, right? Yeah, that's what's difficult, in it? Things change, right? I change, I grow up, I have different views on things. I might have been, well, for my own personal history, when I was 14, I was... <laughs> I could say I was radicalised. By the time I'm now, at my age I am now, I have a different view on things. Mm. And that's consistent with growing up, right? With social media, there's a tendency to hold people to positions. Yeah. And without further interrogation, you don't know what That's what are. I mean, because at the same time, it's like, I want people, to, I do kind of want, I don't know, it's like what we were talking about with Alison Phipps before, about the public shaming. What does that actually do? Like, we need to be concerned with policies. Like, as much as I want, like, the fucking Tories to be shown as they're being racist, and obviously the racism is, is in um, Labour Party, but focusing on individuals and parties and, and their complicity in racism distracts from 
the wider society's institutional societal racism. Like, if you exceptionalise it, you don't, you can't fix it. So I just, I it's annoying that this is such a big part of the general election for me. Anyway. I think that that's just, for me, it's just, that's media fodder and it's a distraction. What's harder to look at, to talk about? The structure, right? Yeah. The structure, what maintains... The policies. Policies, not, not just policies, the class structures that maintain fundamental inequalities like poverty, racism, sexism, all those fundamental structures that the, the elites promote and mm. maintain, like, these are things that need to be interrogated, mm-hmm. but they're harder to do, right? They're hard. Mm. How does Joe Bloggs get a handle on deindustrialization of the UK since 1970 to now? <laughs> how does he get hold of that in his brain, conceptually? And start saying, right, okay, this is how it's affected me. Have you started talking to your friends or peer groups that would vote Tory about what they're going to vote? Don't talk to my friends about politics because they don't vote. Yeah. And I can see why they don't vote. Before I, before I maintained the position that I would used to say you have to vote, but now I can understand why they don't vote. They're disengaged. What's my right to try to get them to re-engage? Because I can understand mm. the things that they're talking about. See, get them to do, get them to do postal vote. Send out. They don't like these guys. They, they're like that. Is like it'd be easier to get them to go into the thing okay. rather than they don't go to feel like I'll come down. I'll come down. I'll come down. I'll come to the gym. I'll come down to the gym on voting day. So I, I was asking you about that is because I'm really I'm nervous to bring it up amongst some of my close friends, which I'm pretty sure either vote Lib Dem or Tory because I know like we fundamentally disagree on. Well, I believe obviously as we hopefully a lot of sociologists do in the myth of meritocracy. Um, I believe in equity, trying to have some sort of socialism. And I just know that, like, not most people don't. Most people are drawn to neoliberalism, even though it is fucking us. It's actually fucking us so much now. What the, I think so pe- how do I convince people like that? Don't think you, I think you have a hard task convincing people because people usually make their mind up. Should we have to talk Lib Dem then? <laughs> I, I don't think... I think once they're minding up, but I think what you're trying to say to people is this, right? What you've got is clear two choices of what we think is a good life, how society should be between neoliberalism and mm. the kind of socialist alternative where we start to rebalance stuff, right? Mm. So I think it's a clear choice to people and try to explain to people what this means. Mm. Neoliberalism, we give it a good shot, right? Mm. But the results are in. The results are in, right? The data's here. I we love, have... I love, sorry, that was such a good... I really, I'm sorry, I just ruined that line. No, no. That was such a good line! No, the, the results are in. That the results brilliant. are in. But I'm, that's, that's factually, right? Yeah. That's, that's not me making it up. That's factually. You can go to data and you can see inequalities got worse. You can see certain groups, groups have been disadvantaged more. So it's that, but it is that team. The people that, the people that we're trying to convince in a way are the people that are middle, very much middle. The people that have been, in quotation, squeezed, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not the working class, the middle class, right? How... I, I feel like it's only going to be through their lived experience that yeah. they're going to get that we need change. And I think it's got to get worse for it to really, right. really affect but, them. But this, this is this is this is how you kind of like this is how you or how I see things, how we kind of look at neoliberalism, and its results. So first of all, the biggest thing we talk about is the environment, right? Mm-hmm. Neoliberalism has helped fuck the environment. Mm-hmm. The chase of profit, the chase of it's expanded. Which everywhere. people, which the middle seem to which, be like which, caring which, about? Yeah, yeah, because it has it has an effect in people's daily lives. Yeah, and you can start breaking that down. Okay, so. If you're affecting the environment, people move. That means more people are migrating. So if migration is the issue, that you're, more people are going to start coming, right? Mm-hmm. A, there's a link. Mm-hmm. They're all linked. So new liberals, you can see at, at this point we need to try something new, right? Mm-hmm. But it's whether people are willing to try something new. And people's, 
there's not that historical memory enough anymore for people who've experienced a kind of mixed economy that we used to have prior Margaret Thatcher. There's not many people that are alive that know that. No. It's, it's a history book, it's theoretical. So what do you do? You stick to your comfort zone, you go with what you know. Because the alternative is the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought would keep people voting Brexit, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, people surprise you. They don't know what the alternative is. They, they, they chose the alternative in Brexit. Yeah. So you never know, they could choose, choose the alternative now. We don't know. Yeah. Because, and, it's, and this is the thing about this election. No one can call it, man. No one can call it. At the moment, it looks like the Tories might win, but who knows on election night? Because things are so polarised. Like I said to you before, Brexit has shown every political party to be a shit show. And it's shown them to be the worst type of politicians, people, people that govern the country for their own interests and get, think of us as an afterthought. It's a fuckeries, man. Yeah. I think we're going to have to leave it there, guys. I'm sorry it's not more cheerful today. We'll try and come back with something better drink, next week. Drink flat cola. Try it. Try flat cola. Try it. I'm going canvassing on Monday. I'll <laughs> let you know how it goes. Yeah. Something I spoke to a couple of friends who have been canvassing in my area, Batsy. Mm. They said one of the most standout things that they've found when going around people's houses, how undecided people are. That is fucking terrifying. What did I tell you? So, so that's scary. I wear a swing seat as well. I'm about to see it. So my partner, tall, white, middle-class guy, and he was like, I've got to get out. I was like, you do. I told so you. I told you this is a thing. If any, if anyone, sophologists, pundits, pollsters, no one, no one knows, man, because the people are so polarised and... Will people talk about Brexit or will people are voting other issues than Brexit? Will people are voting the environment? Brexit has been such a distraction from people because there's some real issues here that are like bubbling under the surface. NHS. NHS is... NHS is... And listen, I've got, I've got recent experience with the NHS and it's an amazing thing to see that go or to change or to change in any way, shape or form to its detriment, not to its, like, to create more value in it, but to its detriment would be a, a shame for this country. So... Yeah, it's fucked. Peace. See you next week, guys. (laughs)